Yeah. Like the, my biggest thing um, with actually all my clients is it's got to be fun. And if it's not, cause some of them get so stressed out about having to move up the levels or competing well. And, you know, they just put so much pressure on it. And I'm like, you know, but you're supposed to have fun. If it's not fun, then you shouldn't be doing it. Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans, by eventing fans. And as usual, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Main and Tail, Karen. We love Main and Tail. We love Main and Tail. We absolutely love Main and Tail. You know who else loves Main and Tail, Karen? Caroline Martin. Caroline Martin. Caroline is on with us. I think I'm the number one fan, to be honest, guys. I swear, I've been using the product since I was seven years old. And they're actually a local company uh, where I live in Pennsylvania. So they really have a special place in my heart. And people would not believe the amount of products they make. You know, you always think man and tail, the shampoo and conditioner. Well, they make the Tangler. They make this killer shine-on spray that makes the horse's coat look amazing. They have spray and braid. They have everything. You don't have to go anywhere else to buy products. They're affordable. They're a family-run company. Like, and they're just the nicest group of people. So I could not think of a better company to go out and support. So if you have a horse, please only buy Mean and Tail. They're just, they go above and beyond and they give back so much to the community. So they're they're honestly the best company I've ever worked with. So we love them. Yeah, we, we, we love them. And too. that's all I use. Yep, that's, that's all, all we that's use. That's what gives me my shine in my hair. So. <laughs> so Caroline, do you use it in your own hair? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yes, we both do. I use it. <laughs> Even our dogs use it. Even our dogs, absolutely. Well, we have one dog with really oh. bad hair, Caroline, so he uses the uh, the, the Protect line stuff because he has bad coat. So it fixes oh. him right up. Yep, so. See? Just another benefit of main tail. They seriously, they make anything you need. So absolutely, and nothing with tests, nothing with drug tests. They're just, they just go above and beyond. They are the best. So, all right. Well, thanks a lot, main and tail, and thank you, Caroline, for joining us for that little spot. Absolutely. Shop, 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 shop. Major League of anyway, Karen. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> In your face with the shop. So yeah, just so excited. We're launching the the, the store again. Uh, you know, we already had the hats. We we still have the hats. We have the cool T-shirts, Karen. Mm-hmm. We have the cool phone cases. Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah. So we have all types of different major league eventer shirts, um, in men's and ladies cuts. Yes, and even uh, youth. And even youth. And now we have the pride shirts. Yes, we do. So Wolf Audrey, you saw he modeled the pride shirt for us. So, um, you know, because we love. Our LGBTQ community, Karen. Yeah, we love everyone. We love everybody. So, and everyone's welcome in the Major League Eventing community. So, uh, if you just go ahead, link is in the show notes. Check it out, and uh, we hope that you find something you like in there. Thanks a lot. If you have a brand or product, a show, or if your farm has services that you want to bring to the eventing community, consider advertising with Major League Eventing. The Major League Eventing podcast is growing leaps and bounds to the tune of thousands of downloads per week across North America and around the world. If you want your advertising dollar to count, you're going to advertise with the Major League Eventing podcast and Major League Eventing. We have multiple platforms to bring your message to the eventing audience. So here's what you do. Contact me directly, Rob at MajorLeagueEventing.com. Email me. Say, hey, Rob, I'm interested. What do you got? We're going to set up a phone call. We're going to talk about what your needs are and what your budget is. And we will customize a marketing and advertising strategy to meet your needs. So, again, email me, Rob, at MajorLeagueEventing.com. And we'll bring your brand to our audience. I'm Rob. And I'm Karen. And Rob, very special guest today. Very, yes, very excited about Very this excited. Guest. We have a member of the 2019 Pan Am Canadian Bronze Team. Yes, ma'am. Welcome to the show, Dana Cook. Dana, welcome to the show. So excited to have Hi. you. <laughs> we are thrilled, thrilled, thrilled yes, to have we you. Are. It's always cool when we have the big, the big heavy hitters on yes, the camera. Yes, yeah. So here we are. Yeah. I feel like we've arrived when we get the. The Pan Ams and the Olympians <laughs> and all these. And we've actually seen you once before at a show at Carolina hey. International. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. head turner. Your horse, F E whole lot of Rosie, came trotting <laughs> by. Oh yeah. And we were talking to someone, and you came trotting by, and I think everyone that was around us just turned their heads and jaws dropped. Showstopper. We were just like, oh my god. <laughs> Who that? is this and what horse is that? We're like, that's not even fair. Check that horse's, you know. He's got to be illegal to have a horse that fancy going in there. Literally, everyone just was like, you, it was it was at Carolina. Mm-hmm. And you left the warm-up arena. And then you, like a boss, went into the show arena. And it was like, dang, who the heck is that? And it was that horse. And I was like, well. Pack and better hope I can't jump because <laughs> I think it sure can Francy prance. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I you know get that a lot of what on that horse. Yeah, yeah, no, she is definitely fancy. She uh that's prodding prodding big and flicking her toes is probably one of her favorite things. <laughs> oh yeah. Very fancy. Yeah, very, very fancy. did you get her straight off from Clayton? Is that I did, I did. So I tend to get mine from Clayton. Um they usually as soon as they kind of arrived sort of thing. Um, and he usually knows if I'm looking, um, he'll say, well, I've got some coming in. If you want to come take a look, you know, hurry up and get here sort of thing. <laughs> wow. um, and so I tried her, um, I tried a, a bunch of them. Um, and as soon as I sat with her, I was like, yep, I want her. <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't know if you know, I mean, you probably didn't notice you were probably in the zone, but trust me, you turned a whole lot of heads and a whole lot of jaws dropped. So <laughs> what's she up to now? What, what's she doing? Um, so she's, so she was actually ready to get back going this spring. Um, and then everything shut down, unfortunately. So I, you know, she was going to come out, um, around Carolina International and, uh, this year, (laughs) um, to start her spring season and then everything, yeah, it just shut down. Mm -hmm. So she has been working, well, not really having to work on her dressage skills, but, um, yeah, yeah, doing a lot of, a lot of flat work, jumping, you know, just getting kind of ready for the season to start yeah. again gotcha. and what level oh. is she coming out at what's that what level would she be coming out at uh she'll come out and do a preliminary and then she'll run intermediate um i just kind of give her a little bit of a break last fall um and then she's yeah she'll come out and run preliminary and then yeah intermediate and hopefully she's qualified for the ac so do the acs and um do some kind of three-star shorts in the fall maybe a long format if they actually happen they seem to yeah. be starting to yeah. cancel by the minute so um yeah so my plans for all of my horses actually have been kind of changing each week so yeah, yeah. you have to yeah. you definitely have to be be flexible mm-hmm. with yeah. the, today's current time but you definitely have the whole lot of rosie fan yeah. club right here <laughs> so karen's like oh she's got rosie rob we gotta talk to her about a whole lot of rosie <laughs> Goodness. Well, before we get, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. She definitely has a fan club everywhere she goes. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. And all the girls. Every now and then, I'll let the girls have a little flat ride on her, and uh, yeah, they all just like it. Just makes their day. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. Um, I bet in her day. Yeah. Anyone listening needs to look her up and look at some videos. Nice. Uh, so before we get too deep into the interview, uh, where are you coming to us from? I am at Kingfisher Park Equestrian in Mooresville, North Carolina. Okay. So I'm sitting in my house at the moment. <laughs> is that your year-round uh, dwelling? or? It is. It is. So I pretty much spend all year here. And then um, kind of January, February, I'll go down to uh, Florida and go to Clayton Fredericks for usually six to eight weeks. Um, then I kind of come back up and then if I need to go back down in the spring, you know, for maybe the, the spring, um, three day in Florida, I'll do that. Or if I need to go back up for lessons or whatever. Um, and then usually I go back down again around the jockey club for a couple of weeks. And again, I get a little boot camp for the jockey club. Gotcha. So, is Clayton um, your, your coach is. He is, he is. Gotcha. So I work with Clayton and then also Ian Woodhead, who is, um, He's actually over in England. He uh, we started bring. He came over. It was kind of funny. He came over. He was on vacation, and I never met him. I had no idea who he was. And he came over to Clayton's before the jockey club, just to you know, him and his wife just came to say hello and hadn't seen him in a while. Um, anyways, Clayton managed to get us some lessons the next next day. <laughs> 
So I had a I had a lesson with him that day, and then I actually talked very nicely and got one the day after because actually it, it I found it helped. Um, I was on my FE Mississippi mare. Um, so it was, yeah, it was quite helpful. And, uh, then we convinced him to come over in the spring and, and help us out a little bit. And yeah, so it's just been, we've been able to get a little help from him. Um, yeah, so it's been, it's been really good. I feel like it's helped me with all my horses. So yeah, so I work with him on the flat and then, uh, yeah, Clayton, Clayton as well on the flat one, because obviously I see him a lot more <laughs> and then jumping and everything. So Clayton's my, my main, main coach. So. Yeah, that's a good, a good guy right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My buddy Clayton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clayton. I think Clayton's, uh, I'm, Clayton, I'm big. I'm Clay, Clayton's my biggest fan too. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he likes my, I have, I'm an enthusiastic fan of watching shows yeah. and he, he, um, after, I think it was the inaugural or the nah, second year was- of the, no, the third Wellington year. Showcase. I think second or third year. I was a little bit exuberant in my excitement watching someone across country, and he decided he had to let me know how <laughs> happy he was to see such an enthusiastic fan. Clearly <laughs> <laughs> <It> embarrassed me. <clears throat> so now we're now we're best buds. <laughs> he wasn't shy about saying, "Man, you're crazy." <laughs> So, and coming from Clayton, that's something because that guy's a nut. Yeah. <laughs> that's, funny. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. So, uh, Dana, can you take us back and tell us how you actually got your start in riding and then worked your way into eventing? Yes. Yeah, so, um, my parents, uh, they actually, so I'm from British Columbia, Canada, and my parents used to live, they were both grew up in Vancouver. And moved to Merritt, which is a small little town, about three hours north. And uh, it's like right now has a population of maybe 10,000 people. Um, so pretty small. And non-horse people, like not horse people at all. Um, and they eventually bought this like 20 acres of land. And some friends of theirs kind of put some horses on their property for a little bit. And my mom, there was before we'd actually started riding, I was, uh, I was very little. Um, one day saw me outside, um, under one of the horse's bellies, like petting the <laughs> underside of the belly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we eventually, my parents bought like two trail horses for like 500 bucks. And my brother started, uh, taking pony club lessons just down the road. Um, and they all started with like their Western saddles and, and like, um, hockey helmets or bicycle helmets sort of thing. <laughs> Um, and I'd watch my brother eight is older than me. So I would be kind of watching his lessons and everything. And, uh, my mom actually has a photo of me with a soother, uh, or pacifier in my mouth, um, sitting on a horse kind of watching and, you know, she's like, yep, you started pretty much riding as soon as possible. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so soon I start probably start taking, uh, lessons when I was about five. Um, and around six, actually I did, um, I did pony club. Um, and my stepdad was a cowboy. And so I also got into the rodeo side of things. So I did a little britches rodeo, um, did like rail racing, pole bending, uh, goat tail time. Oh. Um, <laughs> you tie a ribbon on a goat's tail. <laughs> 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 it's, it's a bit ridiculous and it's really cute to watch. <laughs> Um, anyway, so I did that for a few years. Um, and then about when I was eight, I think is when I first started eventing. Um, I've done some little like local kind of hunter jumper type shows. Um, cause we used to actually, our pony club put on a, on a show every year. So, um, I used to do that. And then we, yeah, I think I did my first event when I was eight years old and I did one or two that year and kind of the, Jumping and the eventing was a lot more exhilarating to me than than bell racing, so I uh, I stuck with it. <laughs> so yeah, and then I you know I kind of moved up the levels, you know, sort of quickly. I had a few different horses. Um, I got to the point where I had kind of probably from the time I was thirteen on, I had two horses, um, and I lived you know the horses lived on property with us and. I was very motivated to ride and I'd come home and ride after school. And, um, once I started getting older and 
in high school and stuff, sometimes I would start before school, depending on I was playing basketball or something, um, trying to fit it all in. And, uh, yeah, pretty much had kind of two horses all since I was 13. (laughs) Um, and yeah, I moved down here when I was 20, turning 21, I think. So that was 2008, I believe. Okay. So yeah, I came down to, uh, work for Rebecca Howard at the fork. So she was also from BC. So that's kind of how what tied me in a little bit. <laughs> wow. And was that so, your first, like, was that like a working student position? Is that, was that like your first time? Yeah. Yeah. So my friend, Steph Rosebosch, we were good friends. We grew up riding and, and competing together, did uh, young rider stuff. She, uh, she had come home for Christmas and was like, and I'd always been talking about wanting to either go to California or go to the East coast. And she's like, Dana, she was a working student for Rebecca. And she was like, Dana, you need to go to Rebecca's. And so I got home from seeing her and I sent Rebecca an email and kind of pretty much right then and there committed to going for a year. Um, I like checked in with my parents to see if they'd help me because, you know, being 20 years old and <laughs> not having, you know, I didn't have a ton of money and they would have, I mean, help with a horse, you know, like I had, I had a horse, I had two horses, um, but like I couldn't afford on my own to go there and, um, not not have their help so um i was really nervous to ask my dad um but uh my dad actually he used to be a boxer and uh he was supposed to go to the olympics and uh his brother ran over his foot with a garbage truck uh and broke his, <laughs> broke his foot so he never went to the olympics but he went to the uh commonwealth games so anyways i was a little bit nervous to ask my dad um, about doing this and not going, not going to college or anything. And he was like, and a college will always be there. He's like, go for it. You have the opportunity, go for it. Um, so yeah, so that was, <laughs> wow. that was actually quite relieving. <laughs> That's fine. It's funny so. you say that about the college. Cause <clears throat> you know, we asked that question a lot about people, you know, do you go to college? Do you not? Would you recommend it and all this? And it's kind of funny. Cause just like you said, dad said, Oh, college will always be there. We have other people that'll say, Go to college because horses will always be there. And it's just kind of yeah. funny yeah. how you get yeah. the, the two separate perspectives. But And everyone's in a different boat. You know, we're in a different boat. We have one son that went to college and one that didn't, you know. So, and well, I, I a lot of the time will tell my students because everybody wants, when they first come, they, especially when they want to be working students and they're like, oh, I want to have, you know, a, a, I want to be like you. I want to have this type of job and, you know, be an equestrian professional. And I'm like, if your parents are willing to pay for your school and your horse, go get a job that pays for it. You know, like the job, the career I have, you know, like I met Hugh and Diana who are amazing people. Um, and I'm so lucky to have them and have a situation that I have. Um, but it's like, it's one in a million. <laughs> um, are they your main supporters? Like, do they own the property and everything? Yeah, they own the property and they pretty much own all my horses. Wow. Um, yeah, no, they, they are amazing and they are the nicest people you will ever meet. Um, you know, so everybody wants what I have and I'm like, well, first of all, you don't meet Hugh and Diana very often. Right. <laughs> they, you know, those people don't really exist. Um, or there, there's very few of them. Um, and it's a lot of hard work. So you gotta be, you gotta be ready and willing to put up with the heart, like, and put in the hard work and cause you're going to have to work past what you think you're able to do, you know, to get to this point, like mm-hmm. the time, time leading up to working for Hugh and Diana, um, you know, there's, and even after it, um, like just because I have this amazing job and this amazing career doesn't mean I stop working hard. You know, I still, mm-hmm. I, you know, I still try to work as hard as I possibly can, um, you know, but there's definitely times Probably in the two years leading up um, to Hugh and Diana, it was after, so I went to the, um, I used to groom for Rebecca. I was her, after I was a working student for Rebecca, I was then, I left for a very brief period of time while I was getting visa stuff sorted. Um, and then I came back and I became her kind of head rider and her groom. And uh, so went to, we went to the Pan Ams in 2011 together and also the London Olympics. And then she stayed in England and I came back and took over her job. 
And I had the opportunity with one horse who eventually ended up breaking. Um, and there was probably two, a two year period that, uh, you know, cause it was hard. Like it was a lot of hard work and I was, I had some horses, but they were kind of green. They weren't probably the most talented. Um, but at that point I would ride anything, so anything. And, uh, I would, and some days were really hard and I would look, look at myself in the mirror every time I like was like, should I keep doing it? Should I keep going? What should I do? And I would look myself in the, uh, look in the mirror and look at myself and say, if you went home tomorrow, would you regret it? And the answer was always yes. So I was like, as long as the answer is yes, you keep going. <laughs> so, um, and I gave myself actually a, a time frame. I, uh, I gave myself five years. I was like, I have five years to, to make, make a go of it. And like from that point, um, or get something started, mm -hmm. you know, cause I didn't want to, you know, get to be older, like into my forties and fifties and be a could have, should have, would have been and have, you know, nothing to say for it, you know, except for, you know, a beat up truck and a suitcase and, you know, no money and some broken horses and a dog. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to be that person. And so, you know, I kind of gave myself a bit of a time frame to make something happen. And so it's then it was probably within a year to two years that I met Hugh and Diana and it all just started to grow. <laughs> gotcha. Was so. the, was the five-year time limit <clears throat> Like, you, could you elaborate? Like, what was the goal? Like, not not like just like was it to be able to fully sustain yourself or to possibly have a chance at the world stage or what? What was that five year goal uh, success marker? If, if that makes sense, um, it was more of like a chance to have like a, a chance at, at being on the world stage. You know, like that there was some progression. You know, I wasn't just gonna be a. I didn't. I didn't want to be just like a training level rider or a preliminary level rider and just have a lower level business. You know, mm -hmm. I, 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 <laughs> um, my mom actually, uh, still has it. I think I have when I was, I think I was five and, you know, they asked you what you want to grow up to be. And I said, I want to go to the Olympics. <laughs> um, you know, and so it's always been, it's always been my dream and my goal. And it's funny because people would you know, ask, you know, what you want to do in life. And I would say, I want to go to the Olympics and they would laugh at you because, you know, not many people go to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, I just would be like, well, that's what I want to go do. And I'm very much a determined person. And I kind of set my eyes on something and I try to make it happen. Yeah. It's so, kind of funny you say that about the Olympics. I, I, the, you know, we, I've, I've noticed that as well, where, you know, because we have kids that are aspirational, and mm -hmm. one is more hoping to go to the Olympics someday. But you know, it's kind of funny. Like you get to some people to say, "Yeah, like that's awesome, that's really cool." Then you have other people that just look at you like, you know, <laughs> you know like, if, like what are you talking about? Like nobody goes, "Who do you think you are?" And it's like, well, yeah. that's kind of a weird response, in my opinion, because we're always so into it. And you know, mm -hmm. to be honest, where we live, we're around uh, Fair Hill area. There's Olympians all over the place. It's like people don't even realize they have a dozen Olympians within a, a you know a half hour, forty five minute drive, and, and um, so it's interesting. I know I know the feeling of you know that yeah. you know where people look at you like you're crazy, mm -hmm. and it is tough. I mean now, especially now, what do you get three, three to a three team, and <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 going to get start getting ridiculously hard, especially, you know, like, well, thankfully I'm Canadian. So, uh, there's a, the pool is a lot smaller than the U S yeah. so, <laughs> so I've had people ask me if I would change my citizenship and, you know, I plan to get dual citizenship at some point to just make my, the, the immigration system a little bit easier for me in my situation. Um, but I was like, I wouldn't give up my Canadian citizenship and I'd still ride for Canada. Um, a, because it's my country and I love it. Um, yeah. But B, it's a lot easier to make Canadian team than just by numbers yeah. than the American team. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the American team has such a large pool. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Huge pool. You start looking yeah. at, we do all these interviews and we talk to so many people and it's like, wow, there's a whole lot of people we talk to that yeah. we're pretty sure they were making the, the team. <laughs> it's like a lot more than those three that were actually going to make the team. I can't really pick, I can't really pick three of you. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just like, yeah, you know, 
I mean, it's obviously what a tough decision, yeah. you know. And and yeah. hey, speaking of the Olympics, is is there any chance of more Canadians qualifying now as individuals with this extra year? Has there been any talk of that type of thing? But I think it all depends on what the FBI comes out with and the rules and when, you know, I'm assuming they would open up qualifications, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so we're, we've never been in this. This is like. Yeah. Such a Nobody really knows. Yeah. It's been, the question's been raised a few times, but um, Equestrian Canada, you know, still is like, I, you know, not, they don't even have answers for us. Gotcha. So, um, yeah. Who's, who's. <laughs> Do you guys have an official chef to keep now, right now? Uh, yeah. So our chef is Rob Stevenson. So oh, he's okay. been chef for, um, when did he start? I think he started after, after maybe Rio or the same, that year of Rio. Okay. okay. Maybe. I can't remember exactly. Um, but he, he came after Graham Tom Big. So. Okay. And is because yeah. I thought David O'Connor was still helping and kind of like official unofficially. And, and so that... he is our technical advisor. Okay. So which is what they're calling the coach. Technical oh, advisor. Okay. Kind of in the coaching role. So the chef um, kind of organized the team and everything, um, and then he does the coaching side of things. Gotcha. See, yeah. I'm always learning. I Karen. know. I'm always learning. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's the. Do you do you miss? the fact that you're not training in Canada at all being Canadian or is it just so much easier down here to um well little bits I miss you know like I I think it would actually sometimes it would be easier get trying to get more people involved and owners that sort of thing um and sponsors being in Canada because I'm Canadian you know sometimes I find that difficult being in the U.S. being being foreign um they don't always, you know, sometimes they're more likely to sponsor or um, buy into an American rider because they're American. <laughs> um, so on that side of things, it would be easier being in Canada. Um, but as for like training, the actual training and competing, like at home, we have four months that we're not riding because it, there's no on the ground the ground's frozen right um i didn't have an indoor growing up um and the competitions because i'm from the west coast um there's there's not a lot of competitions and i don't even think we have anything above preliminary and maybe chase creek might have intermediate now um but there's not much so you end up going down to washington and um washington california all those places so you know we drive a lot here but I would have to drive a whole lot more if yeah. I was yeah. on the West Coast. Yeah. We just talked to yeah. Sarah Mitlater, and um, she's in Idaho. Yeah. And we asked her a question about how, how far does she have to drive for an event? And she said, if you want to go, I think it was like prelim and below, she has to drive. Well, to go to like a big event, like an FEI yeah. or like an advanced level, she has to drive 12 hours. Mm -hmm. So we said, all right, well, then how about just for like a lower level something? And she said, seven. <laughs> Seven hours to go take a horse yeah. novice. <laughs> yeah, I I couldn't I could imagine. I you know we did have to do some long drives back home, but we still did have a few that were kind of close that, that yeah. were within a couple hours. So uh, yeah, we're, we're spoiled. We're on spoiled. Yeah, yeah. We're spoiled yeah. so spoiled. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. The California <laughs> folks have a similar yeah. similar type of thing. So. Yeah. so you started talking about the, the business and where you're at. So can you tell us about Kingfisher and, and kind of, again, like how long you've been there how, how and how that all works and, and your owners, the people who, who help support you there? Yeah. So um, so Hugh and Diane, well, Hugh, I met Hugh first. He uh, has a forever young is the, uh, the horse that kind of started it all. Um, he, uh, I took him, I did take him advance and he actually gave me a lot of firsts, like gave me my first, uh, my first then two star, but now three star, um, my first top 10, my first top 20 and then top 10. Um, but any, but anyway, starting with him. So Hugh had called me up and I was at the fork and he had been there once before and had a tour or something. And I think maybe had met Rebecca, um, but Rebecca at this point had, had left. And, uh, he said, I have this horse and 
you know, I think the, I don't think he's getting written as much as he should. And I think the people might be a bit scared of him. Would you be interested? And of course I'm like, I'll sit on anything. Um, <laughs> you know, like I was just looking for anything to sit on. Um, and so I was like, yeah, sure. I'll sit on him. Um, so I went and picked him up and, uh, the people literally like one had a bucket of grain and one was behind him and like they literally chased him onto the trailer slammed all the doors and are like see you later bye like if you don't get moving he's you know he's gonna freak out and i'm like all right <laughs> and uh he, he was a nutter still is to this day um <laughs> but he could jump like he could seriously jump and uh, so Hugh is coming and Hugh is quite tall. Like he's around six feet tall and uh, forever young, uh, we call him Bismarck, is like barely 16 hands. And so it'd be funny, I'd give Hugh a dressage lesson. You could see like this much of Hugh's leg underneath <laughs> his belly. And uh, anyway, so I jumped him a few times. I was like, wow, this horse can actually jump. You know, he trots like a sewing machine, but he can jump. And uh I said to him, we were going to have an event at the fork. And I was like, no, I would like to compete him, you know, because Hugh hadn't evented before. And I said, you know, I just want to make sure that he's going to be good for you. He said to me, he was like, I just want to be very clear, Dana. I have no interest in owning horses for people. And I was like, okay. I was like, I will ride this horse as much or as little as you want. But for like your safety, I think it's wise that I ride him. And so I took him in my novice. I couldn't even get in the warm up. The horse is so horse shy. Like he just, you, I just didn't even bother going into dressage warm up. I just warmed up on the grass on the front lawn of the, you know, where the fork barn is. There's a beautiful grassy area. Yeah, that's where I warmed up. Um, <laughs> probably wasn't supposed to be, but um, anyways, he actually did all right, and uh, I kind of managed to get a few warm up jumps in, and and he jumped around and he was super. And uh, Hugh actually got really excited about it, and. It was probably two weeks later that I, you know, it was time for me just to leave the fork and I, you know, had made the decision I was going to go, I was going to move to Aiken and I had kind of arranged a plan and he's like, let's have dinner first. And so I had met his wife, Diana, maybe once or twice she'd come out and uh, so I go up to the place for dinner uh, and he had bought this farm um, that was, it was a, supposed to be a, an equestrian estate but it went into foreclosure and there was just a barn here. And uh, he's like, how about you move to, to Mooresville and, you know, ride for us. And I was like, oh, I don't know, you know, like kind of want to leave North Carolina. Um, anyways, by the end of it, I had agreed to stay in North Carolina and <laughs> move to move to what was going to be Kingfisher Park. Um, but actually I had a bit of a, there's a six month gap in, in, in between the two places where I had left before because I said, I'm leaving now. Um, and this farm literally just had a barn on it and the barn actually needed to be revamped. Um, it was all new, but it was just, the layout was not very, um, useful. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I, I went to Aiken for six months and he would, he actually had agreed to give me Bismarck because he was like, well, what could, you know what do you need? And I was like, well, I kind of need horses. And so he agreed to give me Bismarck. And, um, and then they ended up um, buying two more for me. So they agreed to kind of own three horses for me. Um, and uh, this is the same guy that said, uh, Hey, no way. <laughs> Listen, lady, don't think you're <laughs> not our <laughs> thing. <laughs> Clearly. So then I had to find him actually another horse because I was taking the ride on Bismarck which was very much the right thing to do um, because he is so spooky and so horse shy and so tricky. Um, I was getting lessons with Bobby Costello at the time and he, uh, in the, in like in the, towards the end of Bismarck's career, he was like, that horse is the most difficult horse in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I, I don't disagree with him. Um, and Clayton actually said to me one day, he was like, Dana, this horse will teach you what 10 horses will teach somebody else. Um, and he's right. Some day, and some days he's really good. And he actually, you know, has has become a good mover and all that. But he's not very good in the contact. And you kind of, I'd go into my dressage test and like just shove my hands forward and just kind of, you know, 
pin, pinball around the arena a little bit. <laughs> and I come out and I'd be like, was his head down? Was it, was he even round? And Glenn's like, yeah, he actually looked pretty good for him. <laughs> um, yeah. So he was, uh, um, he was difficult, but he was a really good jumper and he loves cross country. And so um, that's actually why we kept him around. So he is what started the whole thing. Um, and yeah, so now Hugh and Diana own, they own the majority of six horses for me, I think. Wow. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then they actually own some shares in, in, uh, in some of Clayton's horses as well. So, um, which also kind of helps the whole, the whole coaching dynamic as well. We have, we kind of all have, we're all very close friends and work really well together. So gotcha. yeah, that's quite good. <laughs> and how long have you so, been there? How long has this relationship been going on? Uh, so I moved here officially, I think it was July of 2014. So okay. um, I think I got married, I got married in June and then I moved here in July. Wow. <laughs> how about that? And so what do yeah. you do there? What's, what's the operation? Like, what, how do you, you know, is it, is it all just riding our horses? Do you coach people? Do you sell horses? What do you do? Um, a little bit of everything. Um, the majority is riding and training. Um, and I usually have a few horses in for training. Um, and then Hugh has three of his own. So, um, I coach him. I spend a lot of time coaching him as well. Um, and I got some, you know, some working students here and all that. So I, I do spend a lot of time coaching. Um, my like non kind of farm related people um, are generally a lot of kind of amateurs that like adult amateurs that they don't actually, most of them don't even want to compete. They just, they ride for fun and um, you know, it's their, their fun time after work sort of thing. Um, so I've got quite a few of those and a couple that, that compete as well. Um, and then I've got people that trailer in some students, some kind of teenager type students that trailer in for lessons and uh, we've got a few sale horses. Uh, and we also have, so we have a fabulous cross-country schooling area um, that uh, Trav Schick uh, built with uh, cross-country hardware, I think is his business. Um, so yeah, so he built us all a whole bunch of cross-country jumps and everything. So we actually have quite a few people coming to school, um, especially since everything's opened up and we're supposed to start competing. It's been very busy here lately. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what else we have at the farm. We also actually do our own hay, so wow. we have a big hay business as well. Wow, so, how many acres yeah. is the is the property? Uh, I think we're around 300 at the oh, moment. Wow, my goodness gracious! Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like Kingfisher Park needs to host an event. I don't know. That's just what, that's what I'm hearing. That's what I hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we uh, but that's been joked about, but I, I've used to help put on the fork and I know how much goes into it. And I, I don't really have a desire to run. Yeah. <laughs> I would probably be doing a lot of it. Uh, don't know if I'm ready to take that on my plate. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, we got to try. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a beautiful place to have an event. But, gotcha. uh, yeah. Now you were talking about, we, we were talking a little bit before and then you had a couple cool things coming up. You had like an adult rider camp. Is that, is that what's going on? Yeah, so we decided in July um, that we're going to do like an adult rider camp. Um, I'm going to keep it fairly small because I'm going to offer, um, it'd be three mounted lessons. So I would do two, I'm um, thinking at the moment, two on Saturday, one on Sunday. Um, and then we're also going to do some unmounted lessons. And my assistant trainer, rider slash groom, <laughs> uh, Grace Jenkins, is going to do the unmounted stuff. Um, so it could be anything from wrapping, uh, wrapping, braiding, packing, flipping, you know, I kind of, um, kind of put it on the entry form for people to, if they have any requests type thing, you know, that's, cool. that's a great idea. Um, yeah. And it's a bit, we're going to try to do it all inclusive. So, um, like your stabling's included, your lessons, um, and then we're going to do kind of breakfast, lunch, and dinner on Saturday and then breakfast, lunch on Sunday. So um, that people can come and not have to really worry about too much. Yeah. That's um, awesome. So, Sounds cool. Yeah. And just try to get more people coming to see the farm and, um, and come get some lessons. And I just want to help, you know, try to help some more people, you know, especially 
I think everybody's been stuck at home and not been able to go anywhere yeah. and get lessons. So I figured it would be a very good yeah. educational period. When are you guys so. doing that? What are the dates for that? It is, let me just double check so I make sure I say the right ones. Uh, July 25th and 26th. Okay. 25th and 26th. Sounds good. Sounds yeah. like fun. Yeah, it does. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> is there a pool? No, I'm just throwing it out there. Sorry, what was that? Is there a pool? <laughs> there is a pool, actually. Oh. <laughs> it sounds like Margarita's by the pool. Right. Yes, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm hearing. Right? Dinner is going to be, we're going to do kind of like a barbecue style cookout type thing down at Hugh and Diana's house. They live like a mile from the farm and they've got a pool and everything. So oh. uh, it's going to be hot out. So everybody can hang out in the pool afterwards. And um, yeah, so I think I think it, I think it could be quite fun. Yeah, it does. <laughs> You don't need yeah. any middle-aged non-riders, males to come down. Here. You're welcome to come. <laughs> I kind of bring the atmosphere. I bring the fun. I loosen things up. Right, I'm just coming. Absolutely. Designated drinker. <laughs> designated drinker. Designated drinker. That's totally fine. I'm sure that we can provide some alcohol. And you mentioned that you have like some some syndicate type ownership horses. Like, what what do you what type of uh, are they all filled? Do you have horses that you still have spots for or like, how does that all work out? Yeah. yeah. So I have two horses that I've, um, I've got three horses that are syndicated, but two that still have some spots. Um, Effie Mississippi is one of them. Um, which she is one that I took to the Pan Am games last year. And, uh, she's, you know, gone advanced. She's done a couple, she did a, a four star short, um, and is aiming for hopefully the jockey club to do the four star long. Um, so yeah, so I have a share, I have one share, one 10% share left of her, but I could also, you know, do a half share sort of thing. Um, and then I also have a really cool, uh, new young horse that I was actually just about to kind of start to kind of promote a little bit. And then we sh- everything shut down. Um, I got him last fall from Clayton. He's uh, his name's Effie Quattro. He's a six year old German sport horse and is super on the flat and like, such a good jumper. Um, he's, he's actually really cool. So I, I kind of joke. So Missy Mississippi, we call her Miss Perfect. Uh, and he's Mr. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he uh, like, even even when he was a little bit spooky in his first dressage test, he still got like a 26 or 27 or something wow. like that. Um, and he won his first training, which was at Seven Pines uh, on a 20 something. Um, so he's always been in the twenties and I have yet to have a dressage test where the judge didn't stop me at the end and say, wow, wow. <laughs> like when he figures himself out, he is going to be amazing. Um, so he's just a, a really cool dude and he's super talented and yeah, like he's, he's one that I really want to kind of hold, like make sure I hold on to. So just like Missy was, um, and, and just to help take a little bit off of Hugh and Diana, cause they're so supportive and they do so much, um, just to try to ease up, um, you know, their load a little bit. Being that they're not in owning horses. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we still joke about that all the time. Uh, it's actually, it's funny because the farm, uh, when Hugh first started, he's like, you know, this is a 10 year plan, you know, we're going to, you know, just 10 years, whatever. Well, we've been saying 10 years for the last six years. So I'm like, yeah, it's the next 10 years, the yeah. next 10 years. That's funny. <laughs> That's uh, so, funny. so yeah. That's yeah. Cool. So yeah. So Sounds like things are awesome. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I am so lucky to be where I am. Like I, I work hard, but like to have people like you and Diana, like I, I can't say enough good things about them and how grateful I am to have them. They are, that's awesome. they're amazing people. And I haven't met anybody that has, that's met them that hasn't been like, they are the nicest people. You know, mm. they just, they enjoy the sport. They enjoy the horses. And like Diana is actually, she's quite involved. Um, you know, like she actually sets jumps for me most days. Wow. Um, the girls are bringing horses in and out and she's setting fences for me and she just enjoys it. Uh, so it's, it's quite cool. So, um, that's yeah. awesome. I love it. I love it. Sounds <laughs> ideal. I know. I love it. <laughs> Sounds great. All right. So Dana, we are going to play quick fire questions. Quick fire questions. <laughs> okay. So five questions. And like we always say, 
they're not, you don't have to answer quickly, but you are graded at the end. So I'm great. Okay. <laughs> Strict <laughs> grading criteria. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, no, this is about me, but I'm a very competitive person. <laughs> there we go. Right. This is up your alley then. This is it. Don't blow it. <laughs> All right. Favorite rider growing up? Favorite rider growing up? I uh, have to be Ian Miller. I don't show jumping, okay. but uh, he was, he was, and always has been a big star in Canada. So Ian Miller. Yep. All right. Good answer. Good, good answer. answer. <laughs> All right. Do you have any good luck or superstitions before you go out cross country? Uh, not really. I, I'm, I, I try not to be a superstitious person because I find if you're superstitious and you don't have that thing, that item, uh, then, then you get nervous about it and stressy. And I, I didn't, didn't have my, I, my, you know, good luck charm or whatever. So I try not to have something that I have to have um, or do or anything. Right. So very healthy, very healthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do you have any hobbies outside of horses? I, I would love to have hobbies outside of horses. Um, I, do, I used to ski and snowboard when I lived uh, in Canada, but when I moved to North Carolina, the mountains aren't quite the same. So yeah. Um, so I, I haven't been on a, on a ski hill since in 13, 12, 13 years. Wow. Um, so used to do that. Um, and I, like, I, I run, uh, and I, you know, work out a little bit, but I don't know if I'd call that a hobby as more, it's supposed to be, you know, helpful for my, <laughs> for my riding. Um, I love to go out to eat. Like, so this whole COVID-19 being at home, you know, <laughs> um, I love food. I love to go to eat. I don't like cooking. Um, so going out to eat is much better. Um, and occasionally, like, I have some some clients that uh, are good friends of ours, and they actually live on the lake. So I hang out with them when nice. I can. But, yeah, consistently, I don't have any main hobbies. So gotcha. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, if you could not be an inventor, what discipline would you be doing? I'd be a show jumper. Good yeah, answer. I love jumping. <laughs> Good answer. I love myself too, but you know, you just can't replace the jumping. No, no, no. Good answer. Yeah. Good answer. All right. Last question. You're going to bring it home. You're scoring very high right now. <laughs> you're, 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 you're winning. You're doing very well. Just not to put pressure on you. <laughs> All right. If you could ride any horse, past, present, or fiction, who would it be? Um,. That's a tough one. So I've been asked this question a few times and I, cause I, I, I find like the, the success of a horse tends to be because of the relationship it has with the rider. So I think any horse that I were, would go to get on, it might not be successful with me as it is with their current rider because, or their old rider or whatever, because I don't have the same relationship with them. Um, yeah. Uh, that doesn't get you out of answering the question. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, like if I had to pick one, yeah, probably, probably. Um, uh, I can't think of his name. Michael Young's horse, uh, Sam. Oh, probably, excellent. Yeah. He's excellent. been one of the most successful, I think, in the sport um, in, in in recent years. Um, so it'd probably be if I had to pick one, be Sam, but. I don't think he goes well for me because I'm not Michael Young. <laughs> or, or he might go better. Or he might go better. Yeah, maybe. But, know. you know, they, uh, they, they're, you know, just the, the riders that are really successful with their horses, they just, they both know each other so well, you know, and they trust each other. And, you know, even when somebody makes a mistake, you know, you know, we would might not see it because, you know, they just pick up after each other, you know, and, mm -hmm. So I, it's, yeah, it's hard to say. <laughs> Sam's a good answer. Karen, Sorry. what do you say? Oh, she passed. She passed. A plus plus. A plus plus. <laughs> she well, won. Well done. Well done. <laughs> that was solid work by Very her. good work. Yes. <laughs> uh, so Dana, do you have any advice for a rider trying to make it in the sport? Um, yeah. So it's a hard sport. Uh, it's a hard, it's a hard life. Not that it's not a good life. It's 
like I would, I would not change anything that I have done or my choices in any way, shape or form. Um, but you have to be, to be okay to not, um, not knowing if it's going to work, you know, like there and get kind of comfortable with that, you know, and know if you want it bad enough and, and when I say want, want it bad enough, you kind of have to want it with every fiber of your being. Um, then you'll make it work. You'll figure it out. Um, there's going to be times where you don't have money and you don't know where, how you're going to feed yourself, let alone pay for, you know, gas in your car or pay for your horse or vet bills or anything. Um, but if you want it bad enough, you'll figure it out. You know, the, I, I've had a few people that, you know, were really stressing about money and I was like, I understand, you know, like, but if you want it bad enough, the money will come from somewhere, not sure where, <laughs> but you'll figure, you'll figure it out. You'll figure a way to make it work. Um, you know, and you'll be so tired and exhausted and not sure how you can keep going, but you, you keep going and, and you kind of go through these, I think you go through these um, phases, you know, you'll have a tough time again, another tough time again, but they, each time it gets easier because mm -hmm. the first time is so hard because you've never experienced it before. And you're like, I like, how am I going to do this? <laughs> and uh, you either break through or you break down. Um, mm -hmm. And if you break through, then it'll come again. It might be a different situation, but you're like, I did it last time. So I'll try it again. And so it just kind of progressively gets easier and you still have those challenges and it still is hard. But you know, if, if you want it bad enough, you'll find a way to make it happen. Gotcha. Amen to that. Yeah. So, that's that's yeah. good advice. It's solid. It's hard advice. It it's not it's, easy advice. It's mm -mm. not, you know, rainbows it's, and, you know, it's not easy. Hey, question for you a little uh, off of Karen's question. Since you teach so many like adult amateurs, um, yeah. you know, we, we have a lot of adult amateurs that listen and, and we ask that question a lot. And most of the times that question is directed to the people who are really trying to make it. But for the adult amateurs, the people who are like the weekend warriors, like, being that you coach a number of them, would you have like a little word of wisdom for those folks as well? That might be a little bit more in line with people that have a day job and just want to try to do good on a, on a Saturday yeah. one day. Or? Yeah. Like the, my biggest thing um, with actually all my clients is it's gotta be fun. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, cause someone gets so stressed out about having to move up the levels or competing well. And, you know, they just put so much pressure on it. And I'm like, you know, but you're supposed to have fun. If it's not fun, then you shouldn't be doing it. Um, or maybe you're on the wrong horse or whatever, you know, something's got to change so that it's fun because it's something you're doing as a hobby and in your pastime, it's supposed to be your fun time. So, um, you know, find a way to make it fun, whether, um, you know, you've got to, you know, change your, your lesson schedule or your coach or your, your plan, your horse, something, you know, mm -hmm. find a way if it's become un unfun <laughs> um find you got to find a way to make it fun and enjoyable because yeah. it should be yeah it's supposed to be your hobby at that point right it's supposed to be your hobby you're supposed to have fun and enjoy it so you know and if it's going beginner novice and you know having some wine at the or a or a um cider or beer or whatever at the end of the day at the barn then that's awesome like there's there's nothing wrong with that See, I think that's the correct mm -hmm. answer. That's the perfect answer. And I've seen that too, where, you know, you see the adult amateur and, and number one, they're either trying to like go up the levels. They're like embarrassed to be at novice. But it's like, you're so comfortable at novice. You cry when you go training, you, you know, like, uh, you know, why, why put yourself through that? You know, go to where you're happy, go to, go to where you can enjoy yourself. And it's, a, and it's fun. It's not a chore, you know, if you're not trying to make it your living. Mm -hmm. And then, the part about the trainers, I see so many people that are in with the wrong trainer. Like I can see it from the side saying that trainer is not driving with that rider, you know, or, you know, you have to find someone that, you know, you work with a lot of adult amateurs. So it sounds like some, some I've seen, I, there are some trainers that can hand, like we know some adult amateurs that are like, social riders. They want to go to the lesson and they want to chat it up with the coach a little bit. And they got to yep. find the right trainer, and, and whether mm -hmm. it be a trainer that can do can do that and switch gears and then be, you know, all business with a competitive person, uh, or 
or not. I mean, some of those trainers just can't give it up, and that rider wants to enjoy it, you know, and they're getting yelled at. So I think that's important. I, I like your advice there. Spot on. Yeah. I give you an A++ for that <laughs> advice. <laughs> uh, yeah, like to me, and like with my students, you know, if you want to go take, you know what I recommend people when they want to go and clinic with somebody. So if they're happy in their current program, that's awesome. Um, and if you want to go take clinics with somebody, I try to con- encourage my students to take take lessons from people who maybe have similar ideas and philosophies. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause otherwise it can be, it can get a little confusing. Um, but like if somebody want, really wants to go take a lesson, somebody else then go for it. Like I'm not one of those people that's like, well, no, you can't work with me if you go and take a lesson with somebody like go. And if, and if something works better and you enjoy it more and if we can't figure it out, then that's fine. You know, like I've, I've never, been like upset with somebody if they they decide that they want to work with somebody else or you know they want to try something different you know like mm-hmm. it's it's I, i'm not going to work for everybody you right. know and like not every coach would work for me it's you know i think that's so, a red flag yeah. if you have a coach that's going to shame you out of you know trying to do a clinic or something just to try something new that's yeah. probably a red flag that they're not comfortable enough in in yeah you're gonna go somewhere else and maybe get better result and they're gonna lose their student like you know like that's there's that that shows a lack of confidence and and like you say there's different a different coach might explain you know a certain dynamic part of the movement a little different that clicks with that rider's brain and they get progress you know and at the end of the day that's what as a coach as a mentor as a friend you want your people to do better not yeah. Not 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 just stick with you because they're afraid to leave because you're going to be shunned, you know, because you're going to badmouth them when they leave, you know. So, and I, I see that too often. I yeah, see that more with the lower level stuff, like not the high level riders. It's normally mm-hmm. like that person who's, uh, you know, wanting to convince everybody that they know everything they're talking about. But usually the yeah the upper level riders they're confident in what they do and what they know, and so yeah, yeah, don't absolutely. Don't be with that trainer, Kim. Don't do it. That's awesome. So uh, this is fantastic, Kim. I know. This is great. So, hey, um, as we start to wind things down, we always like to just check in, find out, you know, what type of sponsors are behind you. And, you know, you already mentioned, you know, the the folks who run your farm, the Hugh. But, you know, sponsors, uh, who do you got there behind you over there keeping things going? Um, well, one of, probably one of my biggest sponsors is, uh, Segme. Um, so, uh, Vincent and Carly Atahari. So they do, um, they, they're all my saddles. They have Butte saddle, Butte and Air Plus saddles, uh, Dion Bros. They give me all my, like, major equipment. Uh, Hit Air. So I ride in a Hit Air, um, Air Vest Cross Country. Um, I've pretty much been with them since they came to the U.S. Um, Redding Go, they are a new company. They uh, they have, I'm so excited, they're coming up with this new rain suit. <laughs> um, but they have these, uh, they have a jumpsuit, they call it. It's a quilted uh, waterproof jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate being cold. <laughs> and wet and cold, that's even worse. So, um, so yeah, so they have the jumpsuit and then they're coming out with a, a thinner kind of rain suit so when it's uh, a little warmer. Um, and also because I don't like being cold, uh, I got a sponsorship with Aurora uh, heated wear. So like the heated vests, oh, they're battery okay. operated. They are amazing. I literally live in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually have a barn one now and a non barn one because my husband wouldn't let me go up for dinner in the barn one. Um, cause it smells so bad. <laughs> um, being my husband, he actually is also one of my sponsors. He uh, has his own embroidery and heat press company. So James Embroidery, um, he does all our saddle pads, blankets, um, shirts, hats, whatever. He, uh, if you can put something on it, he will try and put something on it. So <laughs> uh, he's quite good that way. Um, and he did so that he could actually come to the horse shows with me and stuff. He's actually have, um, had a booth up at a couple of the horse shows, and uh, it's actually been been quite good so uh i sponsored through i get um champion helmets and uh, body protectors i get them through toe flat um most comfortable helmet i think i've ever worn uh zendona boots so for um like horse boots so they've uh, actually my at the first set of boots i got they finally died after four years and i use them 
pretty heavy. Like they get used on three to four horses a day. Um, and so it lasts about four years and I've never had any boots last that long. So, wow. uh, yeah, that's, uh, highly recommend those guys. <laughs> uh, Equine Therapy International, uh, they provide the, uh, magnetic, um, uh, magnetic and massage blankets, uh, for the horses, uh, which I've actually used on myself, <laughs> my multiple injuries. Um, it actually, I, I also have a red light therapy that's through them. Um, so it, it definitely cut down on the healing time. Um, BRL equine, they, uh, provide, um, it's an electrolyte supplement, um, that, and actually it helps with horses like recover after a competition, like after a bit hard run or travel, um, or if your horse is going to be tying up, it actually makes a huge difference. Uh, Auburn Labs, they um, make a supplement called APF Pro. Um, it's another, um, it helps with uh, immunity, uh, like immune systems and muscle recovery and that sort of thing. Uh, Equest File, they, uh, I have an app. So they're an app to help with like organizing your horses and riding. And so I have all the horses in there. I have all my girls in there. And so in the morning, I just put in what horses I want to ride and they just can see it in the app of what horses they're riding, what tack I want to ride them in. Um, or if I'm going to go away, I can do it from my phone and send them like a week's worth of riding. <laughs> uh, so that's actually been quite useful. Um, and then Seminole, uh, Seminole feed. So all my, my horses eat uh, Seminole, which they, uh, I, I, they actually probably eat a fraction of the Seminole feed that they would eat of any other brand that I have um before so yeah i think that's about it at the Boy, it's, it's so sad you're canadian imagine I, how many you'd have if you're american <laughs> uh, yeah that's like a pretty good list we got some great sponsors on yes there. definitely so equest file is yeah. our sponsor with us with us i just oh, did a, awesome. i just did a youtube tutorial on how to work that mm-hmm so simple, Perfect. a caveman can do it. <laughs> and uh, Connie and Allison from Renegade, yes, we have a long them. relationship with those ladies. And yeah. we even did a little bit with uh, Equine Therapy International yes. at Kentucky. We did some mm-hmm. interviews with those guys and they introduced some products. So, and we've, we we interviewed with um, the founder of that company. So, you got some solid sponsors yes. behind you. Great we sponsors. approve. <laughs> Thank you. A. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so gosh. for sure, and people that Equest file, like you explained it, like uh, you know the Renegade, the jumpsuit. I think people get that they've done a great job of marketing. But Equest file is people don't quite understand, like how, like you're saying, you could be away and still load in all this cool information, not cool information, like all the necessary information, who's riding what horse, what horse needs to see the ferry. Mm-hmm. And people can just log in on their own. There's no need for like a dusty notebook in the tack room and and. Uh, uh, information writing a lost list on the whiteboard right, <laughs> you, got right. it, you got it so it's really nice and it's it's a place where everyone on their own device can get the data the, the you yeah. know whatever the chores for the day or whatever it might be so yeah i love absolutely. that you're our first uh rider that's yeah. been sponsored by them mm-hmm. to mention it so we're Good all stuff. we're family we're like <laughs> we're, we're equest file family <laughs> So, hey, so we'll wind it down with this. Just how do people get in touch with you? How do people sign up for your adult camp? How do people get up with you if they want to help um, buy in to your horse or get lessons or follow along website, contact info? How do, how do people get up with you? Um, well, a lot of people honestly find me on social media um, through my own like personal um, page or through the KFP Equestrian. Um, we have the kfpequestrian.com is our website. Um, or just email emailing me at Dana cook at KFP equestrian.com. Um, that's probably the, probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Okay. Um, so cool. yeah, we, uh, have a lot going on and just would love to have some more people come and come and enjoy this beautiful place. Cause Kingfisher park is beautiful. <laughs> it really is. So. Awesome. I was just waiting for we have, <laughs> a little, we have a little noise in the background yeah. right now. Oh, well, there's always some sort of noise going, but, uh, yeah, so that's awesome. So thank you. Thank, thank you so much for joining us. That was, that's, uh, you, you brought a lot of cool stuff to mm-hmm. the table. You know, that's one thing I love about doing these interviews, Karen is, you know, everybody has a unique story. Everyone operates a unique business. Um, 
and and has a unique perspective on mm-hmm. things. So that's why we try to do this, and we try to get to know so many different new people. And and uh, we just can't thank you enough for for being our guest today. This is fantastic. Yeah, this was great. Thank you. I I enjoyed being here. <laughs> awesome. And we I know I know you have all these other horses, but we got to keep an eye on Rosie. Yes. Here. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us. This is a real, a real pl- pleasure for us. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please like Major League Eventing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join our community, Major League Eventers, on Facebook. Cheers. Cheers.